bit. But... Hello, I'm Russ from Shell Shock Lullaby, and you are listening to NWCZ Radio. Hey, this is Sean Rohrbach, author of Virtual Chaos, Our Vulnerability to Cybercrime and How to Prevent It, and you're listening to NWCZ Radio. You're surfing through another dimension, a dimension of podcasts and real-time streaming, of content both live and, quote-unquote, on tape. It covers Washington, Oregon, B.C., and even Idaho, existing between the summit of man's technology and the depths of his cave. There's the web banner up ahead. Your next stop, the Northwest Convergence Zone.
Oh, uh, yeah, I feel like he does. That's what I'm talking about. You know, we're probably going to get in trouble for that because we that's a long-ass song, but I don't care. <laughs> you know, it's a beautiful day in the Northwest. Are you feeling like we do? It's about damn time. Summer is yeah. about. It's here, I think. Uh, projected forecast for don't the week. too loud beautiful <laughs> so had a little play play a little bit of frampton there get into the uh just the chill mode that summer you know? feel that, that is such a driving song too man mm. when you're just cruising along and just you know all of a sudden he breaks into that do you feel like i do it's no like, we didn't even I get do. to get to it i, I do, do feel I, it. I feel it <laughs> thank you peter i feel it all right welcome back to part two of the northwest convergence zone show and uh got a couple of uh killer guests lined up in this hour um, but before we get into it, I want to just say Gemmer's not here today. Apparently, he had uh, he's broken down in Bremerton. <laughs> yeah, I think he's not able to drive from Bremerton. He well, said he was having car problems. We thought maybe it was, you know. Does he have one of those uh, those blow? You have to blow into it to start the car. That might be the problem. <laughs> yeah, that could be. <laughs> For the right amount of money, though, that can be disabled. No. <laughs> oh, shh. <laughs> I did not say that. I do not condone that remark. I and don't either, but I have. I done would it. not know where you you have done that yes, for money. No, not for money. But just to uh, be able to drive it. Oh, the God. email for Double D know, for the state is... would be D. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the hell you're talking. Why would you divulge that on a on a on a nationally broadcast program? Well, because nobody cares about me. Well, they're going to. International. International. Trust me, it's coming. I'm, uh, we are located in the historic Proctor District. They got you on a list Sunday. somewhere now. I just know it. <laughs> yeah. At the post office. I think it's, it's I've been wanted before. His picture is up. Hey, I want to remind everybody that uh, this coming Friday, July 8th at 8 o'clock, man, this is an amazing show that we're just so proud to be a part of. Our good friends, our buddies, uh, you know, they make Tacoma proud. Eight Days Clean. Been working really hard, and they have a brand new CD titled Parasite. And we've been, we have a couple of songs, Parasite and Perfect, that we've been playing that they've given us the sneak peek on. We've been playing it on the radio uh, station, and it is they have really stepped up their game. It's awesome. Listen to this lineup. Clover Jane, Missionary Position, Eight Days Clean. And it is going to go Sweet. on at Luigi's, so it's an all-ages event. Even sweeter. It's amazing. This is awesome. Off the hook, 10 bucks. That's it. I'm telling you, doors open at 8. Be there. This will sell out. Uh, I believe if you're 10 and under, I think that's correct, 10 and under, you get in free. Mm. So people are going to be bringing their kids. I'll bring my fake ID. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard anybody talk about bringing fake ID that direction. <laughs> to go the, yeah, to go the other route. Uh, do want to remind everybody that you can hear us on Stitcher. Stitcher is, uh, is a very cool application that you can download right off of our website, which is nwconvergencezone.com. And you go down on the right-hand side. It says, hear us on Stitcher. Get it now. And you can listen to it to us on your phone and just Boom, we're right there. So anywhere anywhere you want to be, anywhere you're going, you can just log in and hear us. So that's very cool. And um, we are, uh, I want to tell you about this next guest. He is, uh, out, he's from here, but he lives in San Diego. And he is an avid bicyclist and an author and an IT guy. He's been doing IT uh, technical support and teaching about, um, you know, the how to protect yourself stuff like that for a long long time 20 years i think is what he told me um cat is 
on top of his game. He said he told us he sent his first email in 1979. That's how aware of the internet technology and all that stuff that this guy is and uh, sean Rohrbach is his name he has a brand new book out and we are going to talk to him right now the title of the book is virtual chaos i'm telling you you will want a copy of this we had a conversation with sean all right everybody our next guest on the big program is author sean Rohrbach. and if you remember if you're a fan of the show we talked to him last year around this time i believe he's down That's in right He's down in sunny San Diego, which we're all jealous of. <laughs> and uh, he has written a brand new book, and this is an amazing book, folks. I'm telling you, you, you will want a copy of this. Uh, if you log on to the Internet at all in your life, you have got to have a copy of this. It if is you're titled, listening to the show. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening to this, this show, you logged on. Virtual, right. Virtual Chaos is the name of the book, Our Vulnerability to Cybercrimes and How to Prevent It. It is available. It will be available on August 1st. Sean, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. I, I'm doing absolutely fine down here in San Diego. It was supposed to be 95, and it only hit 85. It was perfect day <laughs> that is a perfect day man uh it's not too bad here though no it's very nice here today and uh happy fourth of july weekend to you i i, yep, I hope the safest safest for you now let's talk about this book that's coming out you sent me you were very kind and sent me a uh an advanced uh <laughs> electronic version cyber that i had copy? to i had to yeah, it was a cyber copy i had to download it you know i've uh, been going through it absolutely fascinating stuff i mean was mind-blowing in the fact that this was a lot of stuff I don't know because I'm just a schmuck. I log on, you know. Oh, you're so much more than a schmuck. I, well, but, I, you know, on the computer. <laughs> I'm no computer whiz. I just log on. I Google like everybody else. I, you know, check my email and, uh, you know, go on Facebook and, you know, do a little purchasing here and there. Mm -hmm. But Sean has shown me that there are a lot of backdoor He's ways. Put the fear in you. He has put the fear in me. <laughs> Sean, tell us about you know, this book. Well, uh, first of all, I, I, I've read a lot of tech books. That's what, that's what I do. I'm, a, I'm an IT consultant. I've been doing this for well over 20 years, and I used to teach courses in this at, uh, at small colleges. And I'll tell you, the one thing that I've, uh, I, I want to get across, and you're sitting here beating yourself up telling me how bad you are and you, you, you didn't do anything about your computer security, well, the reason for that is people like me, I, I'm not like that, but people in my position try to make it more complex than it really is. They try to intimidate you with, you know, jargon and language and concepts that, you know, oh my God, here, you're the expert, you do it. When it's, it's far more simple than that. Networking is easy to understand. It's a, it's a basic concept. Once you understand the, the elements that are, that are pulled together to make networking work, you immediately see the security risks. And it's, it's, what I wanted to do is I wanted to give people uh, a, a, a book that they could read easily and get it, and then easily and effectively apply some of the methods for security and bolt down their computers and get it secure. So the, 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 the mission here was to help you. And I hope I have. Oh, yeah, it absolutely has helped me because, you know, I'm <clears> – <throat> You know, every whenever somebody gets a new laptop, or you uh, every year your uh, your security, like whether you have a Webroot or you know any of the supposed online security um, systems that you have to right. buy and install, and and then you just you feel safe. It's like you know, it's like buying car insurance. It's like oh, it's, it's fine, no right. problem. I'll, I'm covered. Right. 
But that's not always the case, is it, Sean? No, it's not. And I, and I think that it's even, the, it's even something as frivolous and obvious as the, you know, you won $10 million in the lottery, you know, emails were trying to get your personal information. I think we've all got beyond that. I, think. <laughs> I hope yeah. so. I still hear in the news once in a while people actually respond to those and lose their life savings. Ugh. I mean, come on, let's get real with this thing. I mean, the more we spread the word about these things, the easier it will be to, resp- to, to, to respond to security risks. Now I I was noticing uh reading through your uh through the book first of all you said that I think you began I think you said you began working with computers and sent your first email in 1979 That's correct I was in a actually a Catholic monastery north in near Vancouver BC and uh I was actually taking a class at the University of British Columbia and I walked by their computer room one day and they were setting up a email system and I said, what's that? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> 22-year-old kid. And actually, it corresponds with the same year that uh, Queen Elizabeth sent her first email. Wow. She, uh, she was first on it, yeah. She 1979. And uh, I've tried to verif- unverify that and can't. Uh, every time I get to a source, it's 1979. She was on it. She sent her email. She was Man. a visionary. I think the first email I sent was probably in the early 90s. You know, wow. like, uh, I mean, I, when I went to college in the, in the, well, mid eighties, early mid eighties, we had a computer room, but there was no such thing as the internet. Um, it right. was just a big database. We had cards. We were learning like Fortran and Cobalt and stuff like that. And right. email wasn't even, I don't even remember it ever even being brought up. I don't, I don't. So 79 absolutely blew my mind. Who, who were you yeah. sending an email to and how far was it going? <laughs> Somebody on the list. And that was probably contained within the University of British Columbia. I just used somebody else's account, which, of course, I was advised not to do. But in those <laughs> days, it was a closed system, and I was just, they said, come over here, take a look. And this is how you send email. And it was a real simple system, just a, a one-liner, and off it went. So it was, it was internal to uh, University of British Columbia at the time. And Al Gore. we got to thank him for that. There you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, another, another statement that, you, uh, that was in early on in your book said, I found this very fascinating because this is, this is a very true statement. Uh, Sean says, a common myth is that bands of disgruntled former government employees and wise but socially inept teenagers are the primary offenders for like, you know, cyber attacks. In fact, it is believed that this is currently the most important security risk we face. At best, he says, these groups represent 10% of the risk you expose yourself every time you boot uh, your computer up. And he says there, and then he goes on, there are greater and more common, uh, you know, risk and so forth. So, so if they're, that's the small because that's who we hear about. We hear about these hackers, these kids right. that get together and hack into you know it's a game to them, and they they try to break into different groups and, and you, stuff. What you don't hear about is the woman sitting down there, or the guy sitting down at the end of the row of your of your cubicles, who is listening to you tell somebody over the phone your password and then log in as you. Or we oh. don't hear about. Uh, the person who uh, re- realizes they have not been taken off of a system and go back in. And the University of uh, Maine had this problem with the scheduling software for their uh, counseling and psychological services. They had not removed old users. An old user figured out they had access to the server where all the case notes for counseling and psychology sessions were taken, and they took all the data. Wow. Yeah, those are Just things... It's inside. It's inside. Remember, it's inside. It's the person sitting next to you. 
Yeah, that that that's uh, a lot because a lot of us, you know, we don't think like that, um, especially no. if we're in a public forum like the library or, uh, you know, sometimes if you're in a rush, you stop in at Kinko's. And I'm kind of like if someone wants to steal my debt and stuff, that's your fine. debt. <laughs> <laughs> like, there ain't nothing they can. <laughs> no, that's that's very true. And I, I, I want to give you another one. I don't know if I uh, how that deep I got into it in the book. I have to go back and reread my own but I was just dealing with this case the other day with uh, chat and instant messaging. And, of course, I don't know how many people actually read the, the, the caveat at the bottom. It says, do not give Social Security numbers up. The reason for that is chat, instant messaging, that sort of thing, is broadcast in, in plain text. And there are $5 pieces of software where I can open up my laptop and I can pick up AOL chats, I can pick up MSN chats, I can pick up Gmail chats, anything that's sent out in unencrypted plain text, I, it just shows up, you know, on my screen in the software, and so I I can watch both sides. And one instance I give, I won't bank, and I won't even name the state the bank is in. But some of my students uh, would would sit outside the parking lot of the school, and the bank had a loan processing center across the street, and they'd sit there and and watch loan information go from one desk to another, and have account numbers, dollar numbers, phone numbers, social security numbers, everything in those chats. And these people were just sitting there, they were searching, you know, security issues. And so they weren't nefarious in their activities and they just deleted the information anyway. But it's, there it is. Wow. And don't stop and go, Whoa, what did I just send in a chat? And I do like to do this with homeschoolers once in a while, uh, the parents. I like to show them the software so that they're sitting downstairs and Johnny Jr. sitting upstairs supposedly studying. They know what he's chatting, you know, what, what's going across. <laughs> the yeah. It, it's a great it's a great parental tool. I love it. Yeah, well, the name of the book is Virtual Chaos, and it will be available on August 1st. I can't recommend this thing enough. I, I've read through much of it. It's very eye-opening, absolutely informative uh, in, in every level, but it's easy to read. It's not a lot of – what I really enjoyed about this is it's not a lot of technical jargon. It's just here's what's out there, here's how you need to protect yourself, and here's how to do it. And yep. it doesn't get really Plain technical – yeah, it doesn't get really technical, so you're, you know, all of a sudden your eyes are uh, rolling back in your head, and if you're not, if you're, if you're a non-tech geek like me, it was actually easy, easy to, to read, easy to understand, good, and it was uh, very, very informative. Now, um, tell us about some ways, because you know, I, I, everybody knows that we're vulnerable, and um, you know, it, whether we choose to ignore that or just hope it doesn't hit us. You know, however we choose to deal with that. Tell us some practical ways without giving away your book. Sure. <laughs> some th something. Off. Yes. <laughs> unplug it you know, from the World Wide Web. Unplug it from the wall. Unplug it from the Internet when you're not using it. Uh, when you are using it, there's a couple of sections in the book where I explain, like, if you leave uh, a messaging, I'm not going to go to a particular name of a messenger, but if you leave certain types of messengers open, instant messaging and, and video chatting and stuff like that, you leave the port open. And I explain clearly what a port is. Uh, and, and that's vulnerable to, you know, uh, malware attacks. So you want to close those kinds of things when you're not using them. But when you're using them, you're going to exchange information between two people. So, so when you're not using it, turn it off. And I know for con convenience, people like to leave a lot of things running. You know, they want to, you know, let the world know they're out there and they can chat with me. Well, you're, you, you've allowed yourself to be open to those ports. And there are those, that's a vulnerability. Another one is when you, such a, for, for instance, when you go on the internet, 
uh, be careful who you're talking to. Uh, and I like what Craigslist does, and I, I'm going to mention them because I have a whole chapter in my book on Craigslist. Craigslist tells you to shop local. Don't shop for something, you know, in Norway or through Craigslist or, <laughs> right. you know, or in Vietnam or something. There might be a wonderful opportunity to go shop. Maybe there is a, a company that sells, you know, Chinese tea in China and you can buy it. That might be a wonderful opportunity. But you, you probably will know the presence of that company. So I like that advice. Shop local. You know, don't get ripped off. Don't send money for transferring cars or something like that. Um, another one, another strategy is... Uh, when banking, you know, uh, check out their security. Ask them. You know, don't just take it for granted when they say this is a secure transaction. Call them up and ask them, how do you secure? Are you using SHTTP, you know, are you using a secure HTTP webpage, or are you just broadcasting information? Can anybody see what I'm doing in, in, my, in my money transfers? Um, another strategy, and, and of course I say, you know, turn it off uh, when you're not using it. You know, another strategy is, is to, um, like, when you want to make sure you're protected from activity, turn the computer around so everybody can see it. It's just as simple as that. Leave the door open. You know, you know, help your kids have a great, safe experience on the Internet. And I'm hearing some parents go, oh, you don't know what it's like to raise kids. <laughs> <laughs> open the door. Turn the computer so that everybody can see the monitor. Reduce the temptation to get into chat rooms. You know, educate your kids to, you know, take the book, read it, and talk to them about it. What a great learning opportunity, especially for homeschoolers. Um, I, I think it's a great opportunity. Not only is the book going to teach you about computers, but it's also going to teach you how to have a safe, you know, experience while researching on the Internet. So it, it's, just, it's just basic stuff. You don't need to have, you know, a $6,000, you know, router, you know, that has, you know, uh, you know, ports closed and, you know, rule sets. And, you know, here I go on this Technico stuff. You don't need that at home. And you don't need that in a small business. What you do need are strategies. And especially in a small business, have a policy, make the employee sign that policy. If you don't want them surfing and downloading movies and, you know, using up the bandwidth for that kind of stuff, you know, and perhaps bringing in viruses, tell them not to do it. You know, just and get the make that a part of their their employment condition. Most of the small companies that I have consulted with, when I when you read about the policy section in the book, they look at that and they go, "I never thought of that." Uh, and here, for, forever and ever and ever, they're they're fighting viruses, they're fighting, you know, pornography at work, they're fighting all of that stuff, and they never made it a part of the employment package. Yeah, and I find it interesting because the, one of the things I had um, down here to uh, bring up, when you're talking about the kids, um, you know, those of us who have kids, especially, uh, well, it doesn't matter if they're small and they're going on trying to find games, you know, on uh, the computer because sure. every Disney and, you know, cartoon, right. everybody has games and things that they can go to, and then they have all these links that jump off to who knows where. Right. Uh, even if you right. type in the wrong word on Google, you never know what's going to come up. <laughs> but <laughs> but what? And then all the way up into the teen years where, like you said, they're chatting, they're uh, blogging, they're Facebooking, and they, they just and they leave it open, and, you know, all kind of crazy things are going on. But you there was a statement in your book where you said pornography is not perhaps the worst content a child can access on the internet. And I think a lot of parents right. would be shocked by that, but I think it's true. Uh, you said there are sites that promote, promote racial violence, hate crimes, and other intolerable behaviors. And uh, then you gave a, a, a little um, story about a, man, a young guy in northern Washington who found a recipe for napalm on the internet. That's right. 
right. Yeah, talk to the parents out there who have kids. Uh, we, I think we're all aware of, you know, the guy who's in disguise on Facebook claiming to be, you know, a 12-year-old girl who's trying, you know, the stalkers. It, the, all I this, want to know why someone is searching for napalm recipes on the internet. Bored. <laughs> like, they're, bo- they're bored. Like there's got to be, the, you know, yes, teach your kids how <laughs> to be it. safe on the internet. But if your kid is searching for napalm, you might want like, to go to counseling or he something. He heard it in a punk song. <laughs> He's bored. He's looking it up. <laughs> right. That's exactly correct, and and the, uh, the the whole issue of you know what is what is worse one thing or another is what is the person going to do with it, you know. And if I just look up for research and the recipe for napalm, great. I never make it. Who, no harm done. But right. What happens when I actually do make it? You know. Right. What, what happens when I actually carry it forward? And I think you're kind of hitting the nail that I want to hit on the head here, and it's. When kids, when when parents go, well, I got my kid knows more about computers than I do. How am I ever going to support, you know, you know, prevent them from being an insecure situation? How am I ever going to secure my computers? You you know more about the kids than they know about themselves. They know they may know some keystrokes, but you know your kids, and that's where you begin. And it's a human relationship between the parent and the child that begins to build the security that you know the the, the child is not going to go out and do those things because you have rules at home. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you, you have to be informed and, and be on top of what your kids are doing. And I think a lot of times we get lazy and, and, you know, like much like Mike, you know, in my generation, the parents would just put you in front of the TV. That was an easy babysitting fix. Watch a program. Sure. They're good for a half hour. Now you can sit them down in front of a computer, log on to, you know, some kid site and say, you know, type away or whatever. Um, but you know, a couple of couple of wrong clicks, and you're off into Never Never Land on the internet. Right. What do you see? Yeah, and I, and I, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, uh, I think I, I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, direct people down the road of buying uh, restrictive software for internet surfing. I, I just don't think that works. Thank There's too you. many ways around that. And what you've begun to do then is start to cage somebody in. And what are, what's going to happen when a kid gets caged in? They're going to try to get out of the cage. Really? Absolutely. It, 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 it starts way before that. It, and it starts with talking about what the potential risks are. There's little risk in watching TV other than getting very dumb. Okay, yeah. but there's a lot <laughs> brainwashing, of programming, all that. Yeah. Exactly right. There's there's not a lot of dangerous material on on the television. There is on the internet. Yes, and I and thank you for saying that because you know I, there are so many commercials I hear about you know all these programs that you can you know basically keeps a record of any keystroke or any mm-hmm. you know whatever right. they're doing and it just then it becomes like way too intrusive and, right. and it, it's more basic than that right you just do like me and totally shelter your kid no tv <laughs> you know <laughs> uh what do you see what do you see uh, by way of um you know because the government and and uh you know the feds and even on the state level they're constantly playing catch-up as right. when it comes to the World Wide Web and everything that's going on on there, it, it's been the wild frontier since it hit. Uh, they're, they, you know, they, they're, like I said, they're constantly behind the eight ball on this thing. But what, what are some of the laws in place, and what do you see coming from uh, the the lawmakers to sort of rein in some of this? Oh yeah, stuff? what about that group Anonymous? You guys all heard of them? Anonymous. 
the ones that broke the, into uh, Sony, to Sony and all of that. Yeah, yeah, but those, again, those are those kids, those crazy kids that are just well, bored. Well, how do you know? They're anonymous. How do you know who they are? They, they busted yeah, a couple true. of them in Spain. That, that's exactly correct. They, they, we, we don't know what the demographics of that group is. I think it's all over the board, to yeah. be honest yeah. with you. I think it's, it's wide wide over the board it isn't just some pimple kid in the basement you know no, i think uh, it's i think it's a sense. yeah kind of maybe hey, a I got better structure i got that. two free games out of that so back off. Yeah. sweet <laughs> <laughs> but, but one of the things that does concern me and and they're touting this as the the solution to a lot of these issues is um the the whole conglomeration the, the, the tightening up of control of the internet to to large corporations and i'm not sure that that is the solution. I mean, oh, that's don't get more me on the conspiracy stuff. Corporations, <laughs> right? Than it is for security at home. I mean, I, I, and it's being sold as you know, uh, Verizon and, and uh, Microsoft and a few other companies who are who are trying to gain more control. And it, what it is, it's it's the ability to sell higher bandwidth at a higher price for those who can afford it. And that's basically what it is. And, and the, the, law, the laws that are being made in that direction, I don't think they're serving us very well. And I think that the laws protecting children, protecting the elderly, protecting you know, uh, e- e-commerce, you know, the transaction of money, they, they're not going to be adequate for, in the book I call it IPv6. Okay? Your, your computer runs on an IP address, Internet Protocol. You're, you're given that address by your Internet service provider when you get an account. Okay? That identifies who you are and where you're located and what service provider has you. IPv4 has something like 80 million possibilities. And in the book, I give you a math formula that, um, that IPv6, which is a, a longer string of numbers and letters, which identifies where your computer is and what system you're on, what network you're on, that, that has it in the trillions. And Jeez. one of the I came up with, you could have, I think the number was 3,000 connected um, objects phone, computer, you know, I don't care. Maybe my eyeglasses will have a computer in the, in the future that will be connected to the Internet. I don't know. But you could have 3,000 for every square yard. Jeez. Wow. Wow. That's a, that, that's a, it's just the sheer number that is the eye-opening thing, the sheer number of connected devices and how, how to track what's going on between these two devices or two, any two devices is going to be virtually impossible. That that's a staggering figure, and and I mean, but when you think about how many people on the planet log in, and uh, you know, you have your good people, you have your bad people, right. and you sure. know the the you know crazy things are going to go down. Uh, we're talking to Sean Rohrback. He is the author of the brand new book, which will be coming out August first. Virtual chaos. It will be released to all the bookstores. It'll be on Amazon. It's going to be all over. You will want a copy of this book. You need a copy of this book. If you're a small business, if you are a homeschooler, if you're just a parent, uh, if, if you're, if you're just, not really good on your computer stuff like Big D. Like Big Yeah, <laughs> just like me. Uh, this is an amazing This is an amazing read. And like I said earlier, it's, it's, an, it's, it's an easy read for those of us. It's not an IT book. It's not sure. like a manual. Um, he lays it, it out. Designed around, yep, the book was designed around a course I used to teach in just basic intro to computers for you know average students. And it, <laughs> it, it, if I could get it across to them and they could walk out knowing how to re- really understand what a computer does, I was happy. And that's what it was designed around. Well, it comes through brilliantly, Sean. And uh, I, you know, I think this. I think you really hit a home run with this. This is something that we've that we all need and i think it's going to be a a big success for you my man um 
For those of you who don't know, Sean lives down in San Diego, but he is a Northwest native, and um, we always enjoy having him on the program. Virtual Chaos is the name of the book. You will want a copy of it. It is going to be on the shelves August 1st. Sean, thank you so much. It's been enlightening. It's been enlightening. It's been fun, and I, I always enjoy chatting with you, friend. Thank you very much. Hey, South Sounders, looking for something to do? Check out the Tacoma Comedy Club. All right, boys and girls, this week at the Tacoma Comedy Club, Tuesdays, live music, doors open at 7, the show starts at 8 o'clock, all ages till 11, and full bar with ID. Wednesdays, open mic night, if you think you're funny, get on down there, it starts at 8 p.m. On Thursday night, we have Jubal Flag Presents at 8 p.m., and Friday and Saturday, two shows each night, Todd Sawyer at 8 p.m. and 10.30. Tacoma Comedy Club, located at 933 South Market, or give them a call at everybody the name of the track is different story and the band is shell shock lullaby which is a great name for a band i love that name uh we want to introduce this band to you because they're coming to town on july 10th they will be at studio seven at um seven o'clock with the under wicked sky we'll be on the bill with them they are from montana from butte montana we do not get a lot of bands on this program and even in this area from montana that would be like None, I think. I think this is well. I know this <laughs> I is our first. first. <laughs> on the on the line with us is Russ. He is he is the uh, the vocals and the driving force behind Shell Shock Lullaby. Russ, welcome to the program. Thank you. How you doing? Good. Bill and uh, Foxy, right? Yeah. Foxy, yes. Foxy. <laughs> uh, so how I know you know it's a it's a busy weekend for a lot of people. We want to thank you for for joining us, um, taking some time out to be on the program. Um, you know I was give I was sent the MP3 for that song we just played, different story. We've been playing it on nwczradio.com, and when I was the song is fantastic. I re- I really like your sound. I think you guys thank have you very much. Yeah, I think you have a fresh sound. I I think I I like I really enjoy the song. 
But then I was intrigued because I was reading through the sort of the bio and the stats of the band. And the fact that you guys are out of Montana really piqued my interest because, like I said, we don't we don't hear a lot out here about the Montana scene. Tell us what's going on out there musically uh, in the Mon- in your area in Montana. Is it mostly a lot of country music or is there a real rock scene going on? Well, there's a rock scene. There's a lot of great cover bands, a lot of real talent here that uh, really doesn't get recognized so much because it, it kind of stays here. You know, people have their day jobs and whatnot. But, um, you know, it's getting better and better. There's more uh, younger kids that are starting original bands and starting to take it more seriously, marking themselves online, and uh, it's great to see it. I mean, I think uh, I think we'll see more bands from Montana here in the future with especially with the online marketing makes it more possible. Well, yeah, that, that's definitely for sure. Now, how long has Shell Shock Lullaby been together? Uh, less than a year. I think we uh, actually got started as a band. Well, we went into the studio about October, but we really didn't even have like a band name or anything at that point. We were just laying down some songs that we had written, and uh, we were still trying to come up with the band name. I think we released... Um, Released the EP in February, and uh, we've just been going since. So, how did you come up with the name Shell Shock Lullaby? Is that's a fantastic because it doesn't make name. sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know um, what we did is uh, we weren't sure what to name it, and um, we just came out with this list of band names, and we were um, we had probably like oh over a hundred band names. We we're getting Jeez. them from. Uh, fans of our music, friends, family, all over the place. We were getting these band names. And um, one day uh, we just decided, let's uh, let's just start making combinations, sticking them together. And uh, one of us said, um, I don't remember which one it was that said it, but uh, Shell Shock Lullaby. And that one just stuck out in my brain. It was like, and that, the more I thought about it, the more I liked it. And then, then we had our... Uh, artists do the logo for it and i fell in love with it i knew that was the name yeah and everybody can check out uh all the artwork and the band profiles and everything on shellshocklullaby.com we will have a link obviously on the front page of the nw conversion zone website you just click their picture or their name and it will take you to their website they are also on facebook Shell Shock Lullaby, um, not doing too bad. 601 people are liking them at this moment. Um, so tell us a little bit about your fans. You uh, Do you guys play a lot out there? Have you guys been um, you know, picky about where you're playing in your shows? Or what's your strategy, and, and how are your fans responding? I mean, uh, the fans have been responding great. I mean, most of them, I think, are right here in Butte, Montana at the time or just in the Montana area. Um, some I have, uh, I was in a previous band, Scott Pocket Love, before I have some, uh, of those fans kind of follow me to this band. Um, so there's a few from, like, various places in California, that's where they were based. Um, but, um, yeah, the shows have been going really well. We've mostly played here in Butte. We did a, a show in Missoula not too long ago. We're really psyched to get out of the state and, uh, play some shows and, get outside of Montana a little bit. I love it here, but we got to get out, you know? <laughs> well, <the music. laughs> you're, yeah, you're getting out. Uh, you'll be in Seattle on July 10th, 7 o'clock at Studio 7. That's easy to remember. 7 o'clock, Studio yeah. 7, Shell Shock Lullaby with Under Wicked Sky. Now, did you just say that you were in Skyrocket Sky Love? Love? 
I was. I was in Sky. I was the guitar player for Skyrocket. Oh, now are they? Uh, have they officially broken up, or are they just retooling, or what's what's going on with them? No, I I don't know any of the official news with them. I don't. I, I've heard things. I, I have no idea what. Yeah, we interviewed I was, those. I was with them. Oh, really? No, no kidding. Okay, yeah, yeah. I was in the band. Uh, I was a guitar player, and um, I was there for the whole first year. Okay. Yeah, no, we uh we did an interview with them not too long ago and uh they were seemed to be going gangbusters and then I haven't heard any, much about them lately. So, um that's interesting that you were that you were in them cuz yeah, I knew they were LA based. Yeah. yeah. So, now yeah, I was I, I spent a year down there with them, yeah. Wow. And, then, and so how did well, not not to put the light on those guys, but I'm world. just I'm fascinated. Were you from Montana and then you got hooked up with them, or were you hooked up with them and then you left and went to Montana? Born raised, well, not born, but I was pretty much raised in Montana, and um, I went down there for school. I did the Musicians Institute deal, and I did the whole guitar program, and then uh, I, I had a bunch of auditions through there, and one of them was Skyrocket Love, and that's the one I got, and so I was with them for a year. All right. And uh, creative differences. And, sure. Well, you know, uh, my own thing, you know. Yeah. No. And I, like I said, uh, we are really digging uh, your song "Different Story," which is the only one we have right now from Shell Shock Lullaby. Um, I was looking at on your website and the band bio, and um, you said you have uh, diverse musical backgrounds ranging from Las Vegas, L.A., and Houston. I'm assuming you're the L.A. part of that. <laughs> What tell yeah, us? Tell us I'm what what, what does that statement mean? Uh, are the rest of you? Uh, so you have Anthony Francisco's in your band, and you also have um, John. Is it Wareham? Yeah, that's right. Right. Um, so I'll explain that. Um, yeah, I went to LA for a little bit, so uh, I'd be the LA part. Um, John's actually originally from Butte, Montana, too. We grew up playing in bands when we were like little kids. I was in middle school; he was in high school, and. We our bands would play together at the underground punk clubs and stuff. Nice, <laughs> like all ages shows. He went to Vegas to go pursue his musical career. I went to L.A. Now Anthony, he's originally from Houston, so he moved up here. And actually, um, Anthony's down in California right now doing an internship. But when he when he first entered the band, he told us up front, he's like, you know, I I'm psyched to play bass for you guys, but uh, I'm more of a guitar player. <laughs> and I was like, that's great. Well, do you know what? We're going to keep looking uh, looking for a bass player, and as soon as we get a good bass player, we'll get you on the guitar, man. And uh, So um, we got a bass player now. Her name is Maggie Perks. She's awesome. Nice. She's going to be joining us for the studio interview. And uh, she's, she's born and raised here in Butte. And, um, yeah, so Wait that's a, our story there. <laughs> yeah, Boxy likes that. <laughs> Always good to have a girl in the band. Always good to have a girl in the I band. I think so, too. Yeah. Well, I don't... I don't want to get too in depth because I know you guys are you guys are coming in um, in studio, and so we're going to talk to you at that point at that time. But I, I I really just wanted to get you on the phone and promote this uh, this you guys coming to Seattle July 10th at Studio Seven, which is uh, I think that's up on Capitol Hill, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, Studio Seven starts at seven o'clock. They're shaking their heads. No. No. Where is it? Boys are saying no. The, down in the dock area? Okay. Google it. You got a laptop. We'll Google on, it. On your lap. <laughs> <laughs> it's in Seattle. Look it up. Studio 7. They change names yeah. all the time, man. Yeah. I can never keep track of where, who's what and where anymore. So anyway, Studio 7, we'll have the link on our 
uh, on our website. You'll know right where to go. So don't listen to me. Trust the internet, folks. <laughs> and, then and then they'll be in here next Sunday. And right? they will be in here next Sunday. Awesome. Absolutely. So so we're going to get to meet all of them. And um, the uh, you guys have a four-song EP, is that correct? Yes, we have a four-song EP entitled Finding Our Way. And uh, Different Story is actually a single released independently from that. <laughs> so it's four totally different songs plus the singles so we have five songs out total and now where can people uh they want you know they want to get familiarized with your music before they come out and uh, pack out studio seven to see you where can people uh get that ep or can they download it on itunes or where is that available yeah it's it's available on itunes amazon um pretty much any uh any anywhere you can download music online it'll it should be on there Awesome. All right, everybody, check out shellshocklullaby.com. Check out their music. You can listen to, you can hear a different story right here on NWCZ Radio. And they will be in town on July 10th at 7. They're going to be here uh, in person uh, on the Northwest Convergence Zone show as well. And we're looking forward to meeting you guys. Russ, have a great weekend. Thanks for spending some time with us. And we're looking forward to uh, meeting you in person. Happy 3rd of July. You too. Happy 3rd of July, both of you, Daryl, Boxy. You guys have a great holiday. You too. <laughs> and who is that? Uh, that's the Voxy uh, Vallejo Singers. <laughs> <laughs> the Voxy Vallejo Orchestra. I believe that was a collaboration between Big Wheel... <laughs> and Foxy Vallejo at the last uh, picnic on the 4th of July. Yeah. No, no, no. And what they have? <laughs> Too much beer. Uh, yeah, ex apparently, man. No, I've, uh, you know, come on. It's the 4th of July weekend. And uh, so those of, you who are fun. those of you who are listening um, to live right here on NWCZ Radio, everybody be safe tomorrow, okay? Have a really good time. There's lots of uh, free festivals and activities and stuff going on. Please be a part of it and do it responsibly, okay? Because we want you all back. We want uh, we want you to be safe, but we want you to have like just a ton of fun. Um, I was looking just here in the in the South Sound, out at the uh, Joint, um, you know, Base Lewis McCord, Fort Lewis. What do they call it? Joint Base Lewis McCord. Okay, very good. Um, Gary Sinise, you know the guy from uh, NY, uh, no uh, CSI New York, and he was also in um, been in several movies. Uh, he has a band that's that's performing it's called uh, lieutenant dan hmm. and that that's i was like really wow that gary sinise is that what you said yeah gary sinise you don't know who he is yeah he was lieutenant dan right exactly yeah. so it's the <laughs> lieutenant dan band cool and uh he's out there and then of course down on the uh the rustin uh waterfront down here in tacoma <laughs> is just like three miles of food and vendors and bands Airplanes. galore air oh yeah the air show second to none that thing is stellar uh, but I do know Afraid of Figs are going to be down there. Good friends of the show. Also, uh, Quickie's going to be down there, and lots of other bands. I mean, it's uh, it's. I'm going to be there. That's where I'm spending my day. Yeah, I'm so, thinking about going to Paul's Bow. 
Because <laughs> it's a stellar town. Do they have like a parade, or do they have like any kind of uh, fireworks show? Or what's I don't going know, on? They've in got water. I just thought I'd check it out. They got some bread, I think. Pulsepo <laughs> bread. I know they sell RVs there. <laughs> so, I don't so know. I just you can go to check something new out. Maybe they're giving free hot dogs for a test drive or something. Like you go test drive a, an RV. Get yourself yeah, a nice I don't think they'd want me to test drive an RV. I'd no, probably I, wreck it. Well, I don't think they want Wonder Boy. That's who you don't want behind the wheel. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I've got some uh, I've got some Fourth of July uh, facts and uh, trivia and stuff. We didn't uh, get to hear what Voxy's going to do tomorrow. Oh, well, cut it off. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Big Wheels playing a barbecue party Fourth of July thing tomorrow night in Puyallup. I'm gonna go hang out with them because it was Amber's birthday the other day. Yes, and got a present for her. And stuff, Happy so. birthday, Amber! <laughs> so, oh, so you're gonna go hang out with the boys and and do the uh, big wheel thing? Very cool. So everybody, because nobody else invited me to anything. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big D move. You can't have that. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, you know, uh, here's some facts and figures about the Fourth uh, of July and our whole independence stuff that you may not know. Uh, Congress declared July 4th a federal legal holiday. Do you know when? Uh, On Independence Day? No. In, what, in what year? Uh, 18... You would think. 92. Yeah. 1912. 1941. What? Yeah. That's so funny. Never mind. Yeah, 1941. I thought that was uh, pretty wild. It was first celebrated... Okay, now... Independence Day was first celebrated in Philadelphia on July what? 1776. 2nd. July 3rd. Wouldn't you think it would be the 4th since they signed it on the 4th? It'd be on the 5th then. It was on the 8th. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> July 8th. That's twice as good as the 4th. Right, yeah. So a few <laughs> days later, they were all hung over from the signing, and then they, they got their second wind. Um, the first public 4th of July event at the White House occurred in 1804. I thought was interesting. Um, this was kind of a, a, a weird coincidence. Both Thomas Jefferson and John Adams died on Independence Day, July 4th, 1826. That sounds like a conspiracy. <laughs> Let's Google that. <laughs> all right. Now, we all have heard of Uncle Sam, right? You know, who is he? Right. Who is Uncle Sam? Do you guys have any, any ideas, any guesses? Samuel Adam. I don't know. <laughs> Samuel Jackson is maybe? somebody made up that is a you know what Samuel Adams is actually what I thought for a long time mm -hmm. I mean we all know of it as a beer now but Samuel Adams was actually you know quite involved in the early days of I thought it was just somebody made up all just, right well here here's like Ronald America. McDonald he's like a Mythical, marketing tool for right. the country right yeah. and so here's here's what What's I came up with uh, the origin of Uncle Sam probably and it's not a fact but it's this is the closest most people can get to began in 1812 when Samuel Wilson, was a, who was a meat packer, provided meat to the U.S. Army. The meat shipments were stamped with the initials U.S. Mm -hmm. Somebody joked, or the joke started going around the, you know, the, the Army barracks or whatever, that it was from, or the, the initials stood for Uncle Sam. And then the joke eventually uh, led to the idea of Uncle Sam symbolizing the United States government. Hmm. And so it started with a meat packer. Supposedly. <laughs> a lot of things start, start with meat Allegedly. <laughs> Is that Wikipedia? Allegedly. No, it's not Wikipedia. No, 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 no. Uh, the Liberty Bell sounded from the Tower of Independence Hall on July 8, 1776, which summoned all the citizens to gather for the first public reading of the Declaration of Independence 
by Colonel that John. Like a good time. Next, doesn't it though? <laughs> hear ye, hear ye. No one's no wonder somebody cracked that freaking bell. <laughs> you bring us in here one more time for this crap. <laughs> we are not showing up. <laughs> Listen to the reading. Of the uh, and then, um, all right. On July, this is kind of interesting. On June twenty fourth, eighteen twenty six, Thomas Jefferson sent a letter to Roger C. Whiteman. And remember all these names, okay, because it's going to be a test. Oh, yeah, I can remember that. Declaring or declining an invitation to come to Washington, D.C. to help celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence. It was the last letter that Jefferson ever wrote. (laughs) This guy signed it, you know, was the author of it. They're like, hey, come on back. No, thanks, dead. So Mm. be careful what you reject. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Uh, No, so those are those are some uh, those are some things uh, about the Fourth of July you may not have known because we all know about the fireworks and the stars and stripes and so forth. So we thought we'd lay that on you. Now uh, there's some shows coming up of note that I think you guys should all be aware of, especially. Um, those of you who are down here in the South Sound, because we got it going on, don't don't think Seattle's got it all. Mm-hmm. Um, Voxy, yeah, I know you have something coming up. Tell us all about it, darling. Oh, please, can I? Um, actually, Voxy Vallejo is doing a show July 16th, which is a Saturday at the Log Cabin Pub, which is, I haven't been there yet, but apparently it's just between Auburn and Sumner, down the hill from Lake Taps on East Valley Highway. It's supposed to be um, a really cool thing going on there. They're having, I guess, their second year anniversary. It's a client appreciation barbecue. Uh, we're going to be rocking out in the beer garden from 6.30 to 9. We're actually going to do two sets. Our first set, we're going to do an acoustic deal. And wow. then we're going to do our second set. You playing? No. Oh, I'm okay. dancing and singing. And yes. Stuff. That's worth the price of admission right there, folks. Come on. <laughs> There's no admission. It's free. Oh, well, it's even better. I'd pay to But then you that. can tip the band. Sure. And you can have a tip jar. And the barbecue is free. What? And they're raffling off some big items. They're going to have Jaegerettes, the raffle. They've got six pool tables, darts. They The beer garden has horseshoes and ping pong, and it's just going to be. And wow. High Noon Horizon plays at nine after we're done. Dang. It's so, free? It's free. And free barbecue. They're going to go broke because I'm showing up, man. Yeah. <laughs> No cover. But I think that, that place is going to be packed out. Get there What's early the, if you want some free barbecue because no uh, the cover. line starts behind me and it, it may be it may end at me so. <laughs> no cover free barbecue and Vox how big of plates are they handing out for the barbecue that's what i, I want to know no call up tori <laughs> so what you need to remember besides it's free yes is it voxy voxy vallejo hits the stage at right. 6 30 high noon horizon at nine yes uh awesome that's a good deal right yeah, there it's gonna be um we, you're also involved in something else that's going to be happening um I tell, am. yeah we have the northwest convergence zone this is our second annual summer, summer crush because <laughs> see you always remember your first summer crush but you fall in love with your second summer crush is that what you do yeah because boxy's gonna be there <laughs> <laughs> boys ew. Uh, no we have a we have a it's gonna be on august 6th at louis g's this is our first ever all ages show oh, this is going to so be excited. awesome and we have a great lineup uh we have the dignitaries who are fresh yes. off of pressing their brand new cd and had a great cd release party from what i understand the digs are hot right now we have afraid of figs which is yes. fun fantastic band out of seattle these guys are they have a great time on stage and they make sure you have a good time in the audience 
And of course, Voxy Vallejo. Yay! Who, I'm so looking forward to Luigi's. It's going to be amazing. And you guys are off of just, you know, stone cold killing it at the Central. So yeah. it's going to be amazing. And then the return of the legend of Bigfoot. They are back, and those boys are uh, swinging a big stick, as they say. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're back, and they sound great. I heard wow. them at Hemp Fest, and uh, they're working on some new material. So that's our lineup. Five bucks, that's all. Yeah. Five August bucks gets you in the door. Ages, August 6th, Luigi's. all ages. Um, we're going to we're gonna talk about a family pack or something, because we want the kids there as well. We, we really want this thing to be fun for everybody. And um, we're working on this is our first mention of it. All the details will come as we go, as we move towards that as far as like, you know, the time we start and, you know, all the stuff that's going on. But that's going to be a really good time. And that's that will be our summer crush. So second annual summer crush. Uh, you guys like the fireworks? Like yes. Do you guys watch the fireworks? Yes. You guys going out to watch the fireworks? If I think they, yes. if they go across my line of sight yeah well, that's called gunfire <laughs> that's called gunfire that's different uh there's fireworks and boxes is on stage that's all i'm saying Aww. but uh no you guys do, do so sweet. you guys go down and watch you go down and watch the fireworks? yes i do what's yes. your favorite you know like part of the fireworks show is it the you know like the the big Boom! huge no i actually <laughs> like the mayhem in the crowd when stuff goes off in the crowd but other Ooh, people are shooting ah! stuff off no not that type of mayhem. Oh, okay. i mean like when people are shooting other stuff off into the crowd that's the the shooting stuff like. off part is what he likes <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, why like does the, that not surprise me that he likes things about shooting off i like <laughs> wait a minute i like the smell the smell <laughs> yeah well i mean because you know everybody's going to pack the shores and pack the lakes and pack the towns and watch the fireworks i just thought i'd throw this out to you before we get on out of here uh fireworks in the US 190.7 million dollars will be spent on just the Chinese imports for this 4th Holy of July across crap. this nation the total 197.3 million dollars will be spent nationwide this year for all the fireworks out there that people are buying, blowing up, exploding, and it will all dissipate like this. Hey, I'm Big D. I want to thank you for listening to the Northwest Convergence Zone show. This is Voxy. This is Double D. And Gimmer, get your ass back in here, brother. All right, we are the Northwest Convergence Zone. We're all things come together. This is Eight Days Clean, Parasite. Friday, 8 o'clock, Louis G's. We'll see you there.
This has been a production of the Northwest Convergence Zone. Email us at nwconvergencezone at gmail.com.